What's the goal of the FNF Coaches Podcast? We want you to learn something from the best coaches in high school football. We hope that you'll jot down some notes that will help you improve your program. Welcome to the FNF Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Today's guest is Roger Harriet, head coach at St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Harriet has led his alma mater to four state championships since his hire in 2015. He opens the curtain on the culture at St. Thomas Aquinas, how he and his staff mold student-athletes into better people, and how he positions them to impact others in a positive way throughout life. Harriet is one of the most inspiring coaches we've had on the pod, we can't wait for you to listen. Before we get to Coach Harriet, some quick notes. If you want to receive a notification on your phone every time we produce our weekly podcast, subscribe to the FNF Coaches Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google Play go ahead and give it a five-star review. To check out new content each and every day, visit fnfcoaches.com. Follow us on Twitter, at fnfcoaches, to see all of the content as soon as it's posted. Let's get right to the interview with Coach Harriet. Coach, thanks so much for joining the podcast. It's my pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's exciting because we've talked uh, a few times in the past, and what I really wanted to kind of get to the core of today is how you've established uh, such a culture of winning and a culture of developing players and productive citizens and husbands, fathers, family men, when that time comes too. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about structures that you have in place to ensure that you're producing the best uh, the best men as they go out in the communities. Uh, what, what type of structures do you put in place to make sure that you're establishing the culture that you want at St. Thomas Aquinas? Well, uh, for, first things first, you got to really revert back to your upbringing, you know, and the things that worked with regards to your personal development process. And I was fortunate to have individuals in my life that led me to, to God and to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing things in, a, in a, an appropriate way. And I just paid attention to what transpired through my adolescence years and college and, and through my professional, you know, my, my professional career now. Um, I think it's imperative that you establish discipline. You make decisions to ensure that there is a structure that is more focused on interpersonal development and the, the, the simplistic interactions that people have on a on a daily basis you should want to treat others how you particularly want to be treated and it comes with a plan you know you have to put up a strategic plan in place so for for us i thought it was an imperative to focus on the coaches and what is expected of them on a, on a daily basis and we just enjoy the, the process of being purposeful, showing that our players are in a position to realize their value and take full advantage of certain opportunities that present themselves on, on a daily basis. You know, we, we firmly believe that each day provides opportunities for, for us to get better. And it's, it's crucial that we take full advantage when it's about personal development. And I personally believe that the greatest resource we have on this earth are human beings. And in, in order for us to, to reach a substantial amount of our potential and impact in a productive way, you, 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 got, you, you have to rely on the strengths of your of your community or the people that you're directly affiliated with. Um, and when you have that interdependent mindset, it's so imperative to share your strengths and understand that you need to improve on your weaknesses. And more times than not, our weaknesses are going to be complemented by our partner's strengths. So we, we try to we try to put these these uh, these structures in place that our coaches and 
and players are receptive to from a family-oriented standpoint. And um, as a result, we're doing a, a, a great job of helping them understand that in order to become a benefit or a success, there has to be a series of priorities that start from the time you open up your eyes in the morning. And we call that the holistic plan of success, where we have 18 steps of priorities that our players and coaches follow. We just try to reinforce it, starting with, you know, waking up with the right attitude and the right mood. Whoever you interact with that morning, it should be a, it should be a, a great morning greeting. And I, and I love you, a, a direct emotional appreciation to them. Then you get started with whether it's, you know, getting your clothes ready or brushing your teeth or, you know, um, you know, getting breakfast started. So you try to get them um, into those particular routines. And then that, that drives into what their objectives and goals are for that particular day. So we take it moment to moment and we look at life as an opponent, as, as a series of challenges. And they understand there's a, there, there's a direct difference between objectives and goals. So we talk to them about their goals, and everybody has these, these dreams and aspirations that they want to procure throughout their life. I mean, it's just it's innate in our cultures. It's, it's human nature to want to be relevant. So we talk to them about it, you know, your goals and so forth. And so many educators and instructors, supervisors have these expectations for the people that they lead and they love or they employ or they're in charge of. And they tell them, make sure you're working hard. We want you to be successful and so on. But they they fail to give them the steps, which are the objectives to obtain those type of expectations. And we, as coaches at St. Thomas, help our guys realize that in order to reach a certain goal or meet or exceed expectations, you have to put together a series of objectives to meet those byproducts. So our guys start to realize that Winning, having fun, enjoyment, those are all byproducts of how you live your life, um, what, what character traits you, 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 you adhere to. And um, we give them examples, simple examples, like when, you leave, when you're leaving your house, what's one of the first things you want to do? And, and more times than not, a kid will say, brush, brush my, you know, you know, brush my teeth. I'll say, okay, you want to have fresh smelling breath before you leave your house. They're like, absolutely. You know, I don't want to walk around, you know, school or walk around the community with yuck mouth and bad breath and girls are talking about me and, you know, it becomes a funny um, exchange. And I said, well, how are you going to, how, how are you going to make sure that you have fresh, clean smelling breath before you leave the house? And they said, man, coach, you got to brush your teeth. You got to, you know, use some Lysol. You got to floss, man. You got to keep that thing going. I said, bingo, those are your objectives. Your goal was to ensure that you left that house and your and your your mouth was smelling fresh and clean. That was your goal. Right. You have to meet the objective. The objective is to brush your teeth. So those we, we put systems like that in place, Dan, to ensure, and we do so much more than just the – you know, the X's and O's on the field. Our, our, our focus is to make sure our, our players are champions in their life. So for us, this is, some, this is more of a ministry and more of a platform to help them understand their value as humans. We, we realize that football is a great vehicle that does not last very long. Um, you know, human life has way more valuable, value than a football. So we help them realize it's important to love each other and give your best effort. And uh, these are some of the steps you're going to have to take to do so. So we provide them these blueprints and information. We also have a system in place called senior leadership, where most programs around the country are more focused on your physical development. And some talk about emotional development. Um, 
with regard with regards to their, their the enhancement of their emotional quotient, their EQ. You hear people talk about IQ, and now you, you hear there's a big focus on EQ now. Well, we also focus on CQ, which is your character quotient. We feel like character is something that's in our control, and when you you know you you um, help them understand specific character traits and how they're va- how they're valued to you and how they're applicable to your life. Children are more receptive to it because they are consumed with the advancements of technology and social media. They have a tremendous amount of distractions around them. So it's important for us to help them realize the humanistic value, more so from a spiritual standpoint. So we take our seniors and we we put them in a classroom setting, in a very informal setting, so the guard is down where we can have a, a, an amicable and practical conversation about what they're hoping to accomplish. Because we all, again, like have our own strengths, weaknesses, desires, purpose that God has bestowed on us. And we all have different character traits that we're drawn to. So we take those, those guys and o- over a series of several, several um, weeks, we do, a, we do a monthly class once a month for a couple hours when we're going to get speaker. And we'll break down. Um, character traits um, for each class. So, you know, the first the first class we talked about uh, trust and integrity. We talked about the definition of it. We talked about how it is a benefit to them as players, but ultimately we talked to them about how, how it's applicable to their life. And now we start driving into the idea of an ontological way of being, which ontological learning is you become what you learn. So we talk to them about, you you know, we're expecting you to represent us well with integrity. We're expecting you to be trustworthy, honest, a, a good citizen, um, someone that's responsible, so respectful, and so forth. All these different character traits. You have to become a reflection of them, represent them. So when you're interact, interacting with others, they see that value or that character trait in you, and that becomes a part of your actual reputation, and then you can be more of an asset or a benefit to those people that you interact with that that um, are dependent on you, and and so forth. So so ontological learning is huge to us as transformational coaches here at, at St. Thomas. We're more concerned with their life than what's happening on on the football field. Yeah, that's so important, and and it's great. And you're right. You mentioned so many other coaches do focus on the the physical development, and that what gets lost is that you know the spiritual development, the character development. And I wanted to ask you. You know, you said you have those guys in the classroom, and you you know you break down um, leadership traits and things like that. Are you using like is this practice time that you're using during the season, or is this during the off season, or is it year round that you're doing this? It's it's really year round. Um, one of one one of the things that they they pick at me about is is talking too much, or, or they say I give these sermons after practice. You know, <laughs> you know, talk to some of these guys, but you know I I, I have their attention, and I want to make sure that I'm driving the the Lord's message. Um, like I said, it's more of a ministry. I think it's important for us to help establish a sense of servant leadership, and I think it will make the world a better place. And um, you know. Ultimately, that that's you know what we're we're, we're hoping for to, to to help create productive members of, of society in a, in a very practical sense, and so we although I'll have various messages throughout the year, and and our coaches do a great job of reinforcing them. They're extraordinary people, and I'm grateful to God that he's um he surrounded us with these different personalities that are inspirational and have the type of background that can get the attention of these young men who, who need this 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 sort of guidance. Um, but our off season is where we really develop that type of character with regards to the identity and personality of the team. Every year, January first is birth to a new season, a new season of life. I don't know if people realize it or not, or they just feel like it's a transition from one day or or the other. But there's a reason why. There's a there's a start, and um, during that time time of the year, we are really focused on helping the next group take ownership, the next senior group take ownership, 
and help establish a, a meaningful identity to continue to build on our, our, our culture here at, at St. Thomas. And they're, they're responsible for sharing whatever information they procure from the coaches or any guest speakers or um, the, the, the instruction that they, they receive. They're, they're responsible for, for sharing and teaching it and coaching it to the underclassmen. Um, that's where our brotherhood really takes shape. And one of the greatest traditions and, and uh, um, aspects that we have here at St. Thomas is the brotherhood. One of the things uh, that stuck with me from a previous conversation we had is you you focus on preparing players uh, with optimism and confidence. And um, you, I think in high school football, it's difficult sometimes when there's these pressure situations and they're, you know, they're in games and especially with the big time high stakes games that you're playing, you know, statewide state championship games, you want guys to react with optimism and confidence, but uh, every coach wants that, but how can you put in that structure and how can that be taught? So they handle that in pressure situations. Well, you, you, you help them understand from an academic standpoint, human beings, we are species that are capable of learning in various ways. And the, the, the educational structure that's in place is what they're subjected to. So use that to our advantage. They need to understand that everything in life that is worth with regards to process is an equation. It's, an, it's a calculated equation. So I kind of use math to help them realize the benefits of being confident. And it happens over a period of time. And um, they have to put the time in, obviously, but we have to be their guide with regards to that. So I put things in a way that they can understand and apply and share, but more so intellectually and academically become receptive to. So, so for us, developing confidence is a process. And so we're constantly reinforcing trust the process, trust the process. Adversity is a positive thing. Adversity is an opportunity for you to develop and get better. You know, greatness happens through difficult circumstances. So they become receptive to this. As you take on these adverse challenges and you overcome these, 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 obstacles that you're facing, obviously, with support and guidance, number one, be grateful and appreciative so you have the right mood and attitude mindset going into the challenge. Once you go, once you, you know, are successful, what's going to happen is you're going to get a, a, a series of praise reports. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I constantly tell the coaches, make sure you do a good job of reinforcing positive behavior. You have to give praise. Don't be one of these guys that just, you know, I you, you were expected to do that. Human beings need to be reinforced in order to feel a sense of relevance and acceptance. They need the pat on the back. Good job. Way to go. That's how you develop confidence. And as you develop that confidence, then you, 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 you create a, a, a person that has a strong force of energy that has a, a direct appreciation and love for you that's going to perform at the highest level possible. So it's a series of calculations that transpire. And one of the analogies that I like to give to the coaches and players, take a classroom setting. You're issued a series of problems in a classroom. Why? To enhance your thought process. To enhance your thought process and ultimately to develop a sense of an, an intellectual nature that's going to support the, the majority of the endeavors and some of the, the, the strategic um, situations that you're going to fa face in life. So you've got to have some strong critical thinking skills. And in, in order to do that, when you receive these problems, one of two things is going to happen when you are in a classroom setting. You're either going to be a person that says, oh, man, I can't believe we got this assignment to do. And you're going to hem and haw about it. And you're going to procrastinate to the point where you're now you're rushing. You're not getting the true value out of the experience or the education that's being offered. So now you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage, ultimately putting others at a disadvantage. Now you're putting you put yourself in a situation of reprimand 
how did you get a C? How did you get a D? How did you get an F? I can't believe you did this. You had this much time. The teacher's disappointed in you. Your parents are somewhat ashamed of you. They're putting, they're trying, they're trying to figure out ways to help you develop and grow and, and reach your um, intellectual potential. That's one case. The other case is the more motivated person. All right, I don't want to do this, but I, I, I know that I want to get off to a great start. I want to make sure that I get all the resources and support to study that, that I need because this is a difficult, this is a difficult challenge for me. But you get started at the initial start. Most people feel uncomfortable at the initial start of it. As they progress, those that take the time to tackle the, the challenges and opportunities or study and do the things that's necessary to, to make sure they're, they're meeting the expectation of the problem or the assignment that they've been issued, at the end of it, as they draw close to the end, they feel prepared. Whether it's a presentation or a test, they feel ready. Once they complete it, they feel a, a, a sense of um, adulation where they are like, okay, I got this thing done. Um, I can breathe easy now. They feel relief then. And at the end of that relief, if they did the things they felt like they, they, they accomplished, they're going to get an A. And then they're going to feel like, you know what, I can do this. Um, parents are proud of me. Good job. I made my teacher proud. I showed them that I'm invested in this process. I appreciate their interaction. Well, guess what? Uh, extracurricular or co-curricular activities are the same, whether it's football or chess or whatever. People that are, are motivated or competitive, they make um, life better for themselves and others, and they learn to feel good about themselves. So we try to help our guys realize that this is all a training ground for you. School, these activities that you're involved in are all a training ground with regards to your life. Um, elementary school is training for middle. Middle school is a training process for high school. High school develops you for, for college, and college prepares you for life. And as you, get, as you, as you move on in, in your life now, because we're creatures of habit, and that's a beautiful gift that God gave to us. One of the greatest, um, you know, attributes of a coach is repetition. That's why coaches are so revered and highly acknowledged because all we do is rep information. The great coaches use the strategic tactics of that particular activity and they use it as a platform to reinforce the things that truly matter from a spiritual or humanistic standpoint with regards to character development. And now you've created this human being that was going to be what? He's going to be a community leader. He's going to be a, a, a positive asset and resource for the, pe the for those that he's, he, he's affiliated or works alongside with. He's going to have a family support that believes in him or her and, and, and rep they, they represent them well. He's going to, he is going to be a productive member of society, a, a great husband, wife, mother, uh, father, aunt, uncle, etc. You know, so once you start realizing that there's these the, the, there's these habitual advantages with regards to repetition and calculation, you 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 start to understand the value of how someone becomes successful with regards to becoming confident, reinforcing that confidence so they can perform at a high level so they can be a successful human being and live a healthy, productive life before they die, because we all are going to move on, you know, and, you know, hopefully we have those humans that actually believe that there's a higher power, there's a, there's a universe out there that at our disposal that we're supposed to be a benefit to, and, and we interact in, in a positive way. That's, that, that's how God created us, and what most people don't realize is that everything within this 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 world beyond this world in the universe this energy the things that we feel is for a reason we just have a we struggle competitively as human beings and we don't treat each other well from a humanistic standpoint so we don't realize the value of interacting with each other and the the the, the resources and the, the all the all these things that god has given us dominion over even the blades of grass and the when you're when you're a productive, healthy being of this world, the the you know the animals, the, the plants, the things that surround you light up 
just within when, when, when you're present. But because we're subjected to so much confusion, it becomes an emotion and we can be emotionally convoluted and um, we begin to try to in, impact or ex- gain acceptance from others and become something that we weren't designed to be. And it takes time. But at, at the end of the day, if you, you have the right leadership and the right mindset in place, you can make an enormous impact in someone else's life that can be a benefit to others. And then it, then that becomes reciprocal and the, the, that that hope to, to to live in a better world continues to progress. One of the people that uh, you mentioned who has had a huge impact on your life, you're coaching at your alma mater at St. Thomas, and uh, George Smith you've brought up to uh, in previous interviews as somebody who inspired your holistic developmental process for high school football. Um, it's always nice, you know, when you get the job and the structures in place, the culture's in place, but I would imagine, you know, you also want to put your own stamp on things. You want to change things uh, so that it's your program when you're running it. What were some of the things that you wanted to do a little bit differently, whether it's it could be scheme, it could be strength and conditioning, but what were some of the things that you changed or wanted to do differently when you first got there? Um, I, I have a tremendous amount of admiration for Coach Smith, as you know, um, to, to the point of almost like a, a father figure type of relationship. And it's been that way since I – since my elementary school year again you don't know if you pay attention to what's going on around you you can you can quickly figure out what you are um purpose to do or what you aspire for and for whatever reason i want i, I was an, i admire what he did as a coach and the community and so forth so there wasn't necessarily anything i mean that i thought i would do differently my thought process was never in that type of um, thinking capacity. When you have love and admiration for someone, you never really look at them and say, you know what, they did a good job here, but I'm going to do this different because I can do it better. I, I, don't, I just don't, my mind doesn't really operate that way, but I did feel like I wanted to build on what he established, the foundation that he put together and the, the, the love and support that, he, that was created here and the opportunity that he afforded others around him um, I think it just was remarkable and I wanted to continue to build on that. And I think one of the ways was to make sure that we attracted the right type of individuals that could honor um, his, 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 his legacy and what has been established here. And um, we were very fortunate to be, to, to be guided and attract individuals that want to be affiliated with a, with a great organization um, like like St. Thomas Aquinas. So it wasn't anything that I felt like needed to be done differently other than, you know, just make sure that we continue to build and, and um, you know, stay, remain re- relevant and be able to relate to our target audience right now because things have changed over, over just the past decade, really. You know, the advancements of technology is moving extremely fast and human beings are just, different now they think different they communicate a little different and um i wanted to make sure that we're we're continuing to have value and and work with integrity and represent our organization in first class manner so one of the things that I, i i felt needed to happen was our communication like how we interact and communicate with our coaches but what will the expectation be and the expectation is going to be to articulate our you know ourselves in a way that best represents the 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 reputation of this organization so i don't don't allow my coaches to cuss i don't i don't endorse it i don't condone cussing and i'm not judgmental that by by any means i think it's just an expectation you know, I think the way you think is how you communicate, and how you communicate is how you behave. I really believe that process is a, a, a humanistic dynamic um, that we were educated thousands of years ago and conditioned, programmed to just be this way. So with that said, I help the coaches understand that these are the expectations. I expect you to communicate as a, a constructive um mentor to these players and be a positive role model how you talk to them and how you articulate yourself and help them realize that 
in, in, a, in, a, in a very um, conflicting world, it's okay to speak with a certain level of compassion and intelligence. You know, when you get frustrated, it's not an opportunity for you to become belligerent and lose and, and, and lose your mind and say things that are perverse. It, it's, it's an opportunity for you to educate. Um, so fortunately, we, we've been receptive to that, and we have a great uh, style of communication here that our, our players can appreciate because at, at the end of the day, we are their direct mentors. And they, it's our job to ensure that we inspire them to lead a healthy, productive life because they're being um, influenced by, you know, other forms of entertainment. You know, we, we got a whole world of music out there that, you know, <laughs> you know, they practice their amendment laws. You know what I mean? They feel like they can say say whatever they want. They don't realize that their words have consequences. I mean, these Kids are extremely in, in, impressionable there. And, you know, messages are who, how, how these young men and women are shaped. So we are in a battle right now. And that's why I challenge the media. You are the voice of our world. You, you know, people listen. It's important to get the information out there. I know people want to hear about controversy. I know they want to hear about conflict and it sells, and I, I I get all that, but at some point, we're going to have to reinforce the importance of being a good person and having positive character, and they realize the value of that, that it, 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 there's more to it than, you know, calling a woman, her, you know, um, derogatory names and what you're doing to them and what you're selling and how much money you're making and all the superficial, insignificant stuff that's happening. It's damaging the culture and the poisoning, polluting the mindset of these young, impressionable individuals. So with that being said, I feel like we're in, in, at odds with, with, with these, and I think it, with these other um, people, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, I think good versus evil is awesome. I would much rather be on the, 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 the side of, of good. And at the end of the day, when I breathe my last breath, they say, they, they, in, at, at my eulogy, they say, you know, Roger Harriet was a good man. You know, I'd much rather be on the side of that than to leave this earth confusing uh, a bunch of people based on some of my own personal frustrations based on what transpired in life. Man, be solution-oriented then. There's problems in life. You know, problem, problem, just like in the classroom, life comes with a series of problems. Well, find the answer, man. Be solution-oriented. Solution Treat people how you would want someone to treat you or take it a step further, treat, treat people how you want people to treat the people, the, those that you love, you know? So I think it's important at some point, us as leaders, we need to gather together and it's not a complicated situation, not that hard to do. It's just a choice. We're choosing as humans not to do it, but I'm going to tell you right now, Dan, I'm just going to keep fighting. You know, I feel good about what has transpired here. I think we got a great platform at St. Thomas Aquinas. I think, you know, our, our, our overall program is a great organization led by some some extraordinary leaders. And I think our, fo our football program within itself is the, is the greatest high school football program in the world. To, you know, and that's not me, my opinion. That's just reality. And people are like, oh, come on, man. In the world, what are you talking about? Yeah, in the world, man. My, my, my brother, Jerome, and my brother, Greg, we, we just started football in Jamaica. There was a high school football season in in Jamaica, COVID shut it down, but it, that's another country. There's there's high school football in Germany. There's high school football in China. Obviously, there's high school football in Canada. There's high school football all over the world. So I'm not going to sit here and stop and say, oh, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas is the best program, arguably, in the country with regards to placing kids in college and NFL and so forth. There's It goes beyond that. The reason why we have the type of reputation, we go beyond the football field. You know, we want to make sure that these young men become champions in their life. And as a result, there's a brotherhood. I mean, Dan, just yesterday and yesterday and the day before, we had over 20 alumni stop by our practice. They're done with their, 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 their on, on, on a break for college right now. And they're here watching our whole practice, interacting with us. 
interacting with each other, sharing their experience, happy to be back there because it's a brotherhood. And I just think it's important that we just combat some of these frustrations or some of the things that they glamorize in their life. And human beings glamorize danger. Okay, so you glamorize danger. Let me give you an example of danger. That's what I tell our kids. The most dangerous man is a family man. They look at me like, what do you mean, coach? I said, no, you guys glamorize some of these guys, these entertainers who talk and they they rap or they sing and they talk about what they're doing and they, you know, they influence people to, to go out and live a, a very dark, uh, convoluted life where there's nothing but in, in, intimidation and fear. You know, I, I think love conquers all. And like, oh, we, we, you know, now you got their attention. Like, what do you mean, coach? Tell me more. A family man is the most dangerous man in the world. You, a fa- family man is not going to do something negative with someone. Coach, what do you mean? I say, exactly. You guys, you guys glamorize some of these gangsters or some of these athletes or these entertainers that come off as a, as a source of, of, of intimidation. I said, that's nothing to be, to be proud of, man. I said, a family man. I'm going to tell you why a family man is the most dangerous man on this earth. A family man is the only man that will lay his life down for those that he loves. A family man will push his child out of the way of a train and take the brunt of that and lose his life for those that he loves. A family man will make sure that he that that he backs up his wife in in in, in the in the sense of danger if somebody's if, if they're in a, a a position of danger. I said, you think some of these guys who profess that they're going to do this and that to, to take someone's life and 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 in a senseless manner, I, I said, you think they care enough about their children and their wife and the people that they love? They, they, they're not gonna, they're not gonna give up their life for anybody. A family man gives up their kidney. A family man will give up their, their, their heart to, 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 to give it to their child so their child can continue to live. I said, I said that's why the family man is the most dangerous man in the world. Mm-hmm. So, with, with that said, man, that's kind of, you know, the, the direction that we head into with, with, with regards to um, developing the holistic human. Well, we hope uh, by spreading your message, it, ha- it has a positive impact on other coaches and, you know, other people in the high school football community. And I, I really think it will. I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned 20 alumni coming back. And before we even got on the uh, podcast today, we talked about some guys of your, uh, of yours who have been drafted in the NFL and, um, you know, you obviously advocate for these guys at the high school level. You re- use the recruiting process as a vehicle for high school players to pursue, you know, their football aspirations, but also obtain a degree. What are what are you doing to advocate for these guys uh, that are playing at St. Thomas Aquinas? And what can other coaches be doing more of, do you think? Really just, you know, teaching. You, you, you advocate by being the role model of what you're talking about. I mean, that's probably one of the greatest impacts you can make on a person that you're coaching or, or teaching this modeling that type of behavior. Um, so when you speak to them, it's relevant. They know that you care. They know that anything you say to them is coming from a good place. So that's where that ontological learning comes from. Um, you know, we want to, we, we, we also want to make sure that we bring in different voices. Like, you know, we'll bring in guys that are having a substantial amount of success at the college level, and we'll bring in guys that are struggling. And, you know, I think those experiences are, are all are all valid. So we want to make sure that we, we're providing all the necessary resources possible for the, for the players that we have within this short window of life um, through, through their, through their t- time in high school. And, um, as a result, they're 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 bought in. They're they're receptive to it. They don't want to disappoint anyone. They want to continue to build on our our great um, traditions and the brotherhood here. You know, we have a standard of faith, family, tradition, excellence that we that we represent here, and um, our guys do a, a a great job. So we we uh we 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 provide different opportunities and make uh create an environment that's full of love and respect and admiration and as a result they, they they move on and they do some pretty extraordinary things in life and realize that, that the adversity that they face is healthy 
it's an it's an opportunity for them to to, to get motivated and improve and uh, continue to get give their best effort. And they start realizing as a result of some of this stuff, if they want something in life, they have to go and take it. It's not just going to be given to them. You know, we live in a we live in a very secure culture here in America. You know, um, I'm originally from Jamaica, a third world country, and it's, it's, it, things can become difficult. It's a beautiful island, beautiful people, but just obviously don't have the same resources. So you could be, you could come to America and get complacent and become a spectator in life. So we encourage our guys, like, you don't want to walk through life and be a spectator and just be in the game. You got to be obsessed, obsessed with what you want out of this thing. And a lot of times you're going to go through some difficult challenges and struggles and you got to want to overcome those things. And the only way to do it is to, to pull, uh, pull from those that, um, support and love you. And it's just, and it's not, not going to be many. It's going to be a few. So we, we have, we have an environment here at, at St. Thomas that we um, try to encourage our guys to benefit each other in more ways than one. Um, Coach Smith always talked about the 90 versus 90% versus 10%. All right. And the 90, 90%, of your guys are going to do the things that they're supposed to be doing. 10% of them are going to be, you know, the guys that you got to constantly redirect and they become the, the warning opposed to the example. And um, you spend 90% of your time trying to get those 10% to buy in, not just the coaches, but the players. And it, it, it just makes for a very difficult process. So we explain these things to, the, to, to our players on a, a very simplistic, humanistic level. And they begin to understand. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be the ninety percent. You know, they don't want to be the guy that has to has to be reprimanded or issued a consequence. Um, you know, prior to practice, because we we do it in a very therapeutic way. We're not punitive at all, there. You know, a lot of people think that we are because we have a a strong reputation here. I mean, we're a very loving, faith based type of organization. Even on the football field, as aggressive as we are, we don't cuss. We don't carry on. We don't belittle our guys at all. We, we, we put them in a position where he's like, listen, man, you didn't meet expectations. These are the consequences, coach. I know I'm happy to do it. I have guys now that say, coach, don't say anything. I'm just, I'm going to roll. So our consequence is we either pencil roll or we'll do something called TLC, which is off, which is the exact opposite of of, uh, of tender love and care. It's called the tough love club. It's still love. You know, they have to do... <laughs> They have to do a physical consequence just as a reminder. And they would rather do that than disappoint you, you know. Um, it's a very competitive in- environment in every way, shape, shape, and, and form. It's a brotherhood that we hold each other uh, accountable here. Um, not only from a, a philosophical standpoint, but, you know, academically and psychologically as well. You know, we, we, we just won. The, the, the all-state academic award for the first time. We have, a, we have a huge team here. We have over 100 guys on the varsity. You know, we're 100 guys on the JV team. So, um, you know, this is the first, you know, over the past few years. I started in 2015 here, and we just missed. My goal is to make sure our, our team average is over 3.0. And um, in 2015, when I came, we just missed it not by 2.97. Since then, it's been progressively moving because the expectation is to have over a 3.0 and not be the guy that's pulling the team GPA down. And if you're if you below a 3.0 for that quarter, then you're going in the study hall with me in the locker room so they can see the, the you know, the connection between the football and academics. So at seven, seven o'clock in the morning, they'll come in and it's not done as a punishment. It's done to help them um, you know, redirect and get the study skills and support that they need. Um, we have a great, you know, staff here, teaching staff here at St. Thomas that opens their doors up to our our students, our whole student body at 7 in the morning for extra credit or after school for extra credit. So we take full advantage of that. And if they're not meeting expectations academically, then, you know, we don't pacify them here. We let them know. And and it, it all freshmen here start in study hall so we can set this tone with them. Um, so some of the, the guys that are sophomores, juniors, or seniors, when they're in study hall with those freshmen, they kind of feel a certain type of way, and it's not a place that they want to be. They feel like they're not meeting the, the academic expectations of the team. And this this past this past year, we were able to um, bump it bump our, G, our GPA up to a, over a three point three, 
as a team. Um, so we won that award this year, and uh, it's been it's been extremely gratifying, and it helps us validate what we're ultimately trying to do for for our players. So it's an it's an accountability system here that's in place that we're fortunate to continue to to move forward and and um, progress as we go. Congratulations on that award. That's that's a great honor. And, you know, we, we know about the state championships, but not everybody knows about that stuff. And it's just as important. Like you said, I wanted to you had mentioned earlier, adver- adversity is a healthy thing and we all face it. You know, obviously uh, you don't experience, you know, the losses as much as some other high school coaches, but you, you've had them. You've had tough losses. And one of the things you mentioned in a previous conversation was trying to work on regulating emotions after a loss and uh and you you want to set the example but it's a it's a difficult thing isn't it after after you invest so much of yourself into the process and have to kind of show leadership uh after a heartbreaking loss what is your process what have, how have you how have you grown in that regard and one of the one of the one of the uh terms that I feel like I coined you know years ago you know, because you invest so much emotion and time in it. I call it emotional embarrassment. You know, you got to manage that. You know, you just feel like you put a lot of time into something. The expectations are are high. Um, as a as the head coach, you obviously don't. You want to make sure they realize the value of overcoming difficulties and challenges. So when you lose, you know, here at St. Thomas, it's almost you know, it's almost like you lose. It's like a funeral, man. It's like you lose a life, you know. Um, It's not a great feeling at all. It's something that is, you know, it's a part of it's a part of our social emotional development as human beings, and we take it as an opportunity for them to realize, see, some of the things that you know we didn't do properly leading up to, you know, the game that we lost or. You know what? We just use it. We 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 don't. I wouldn't say we we use it as a moral victory. Uh, we don't typically use losses like that. Um, we we really use them as learning. They're learning opportunities on how to improve and not just put ourselves in that predicament. And obsession is one of them. You know, anything you want in this life, you got to be obsessed about it. You know, and. Uh, it's it's important for them to realize that anything that you desire, you gotta work extremely hard for. You gotta you gotta work to win. Winning, um, enjoyment, and uh, feeling of accomplishment is a byproduct. And you know you want to you know procure that reward or that feeling of of you know accomplishment or achievement than you need to work for it. So it, it, it becomes a wake-up call, you know, and that's something that has been said in the athletic industry for probably centuries, man. Maybe probably been saying that, you know, we just got a wake-up call. I just said it in a different language, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think it's important from a leadership standpoint to acknowledge and be truthful with what transpired during that period of time that that caused you to lose or um, you know go through any type of difficulty and you pick yourself up, you get motivated and you improve, you give you give your best effort and the next effort should be better than that. So we have a term here that we like to, I, I like to say is called do better than your best. And when the first whenever I say that it's like that, you know when when you get when you did your best then that's past tense it's over you know it's you've already you can't you got to continue to live mm-hmm. you know so are you gonna can are you gonna be satisfied and with just that now you now you're a victim of mediocrity just being mediocre even if it is at a high level if you've done your best your next rep should be better the next game should be better. The next assignment should be better. The next project, it should be better. Do better than your best. As long as you're breathing, do it, the, the, you know, live, live the best version of yourself you possibly can every moment of the day. 
and, and, and enjoy this process. It's a beautiful, life is a beautiful experience and it's what you make of it. Well, coach, uh, we're, we're out of time, but I really appreciate you taking uh, the time to do this. I have so much respect for what you do. This was great. It was exactly what I was hoping, you know, we would get into is the culture and building character and all those things. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and yeah, like I said, we'd love to have you on again sometime. No, thank you, Dan. And I appreciate the platform FNF, FNF has and what you guys do for um, the youth and athletics in general. You guys are a great resource for us. And I know your 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 vision, your goal is to go beyond the the court and the field and the track. And I'm so great, so very grateful for that. We need we need more of this. So appreciate you. Thanks for saying that. Thanks to Coach Harriet for joining the podcast and laying out the plan for creating a championship program. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harriet. That's at Coach H A R R I O T T. Don't forget to give the pod a five star review on your preferred platform. The FNF Coaches Podcast is an AE Engine production. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.